All right. Can everybody hear me okay? All right. Appreciate uh, the hospitality today. Brother Muncie, his wife had me over for dinner, made a wonderful meal. Thank you, sister. Uh, I'm assuming she made it. So, but it would have been a blessing anyways. Amen. So, uh, do appreciate the opportunity to be here. If we could open our Bibles to Psalm 33. Psalm 33. Again, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and um, just uh, hopefully want to encourage you tonight. Amen. I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm not here to make anybody feel bad or have false guilt, but I do like to encourage God's people. Amen. And uh, thank God for his word. Thank God for what he's shown me. I don't know if anybody else is like me. I, fe- I seem to learn everything about 10 years too late. Amen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the only one here that can do that, but, or that has that. But, and uh, it seems like I'm a slow learner sometimes. But uh, thank God we have a God who is forgiving. Amen. Amen. And has grace with us. I always tell people, uh, you know, you get a lot of people in our circles that want to pick on everybody and you don't have the same standards and your skirt's not like, I was going to say like mine, you don't have to worry about that, amen? But, you know, they'll say, oh, you're, you know, this and that. And, you know what, if we had as much grace with God's people as God's had with us, it might cause us to think a little bit, amen? So, do appreciate the opportunity to be here. We could stand for God's word. By the way, I've got some yellow signs in the back as you're standing. Those are free. Uh, I order those and put them up on uh, telephone poles and things like that around the country. I get a lot of people ask for them. Those are a blessing, and uh, hopefully you get to uh, appreciate the signs here. They're a blessing. I get those done at Staples, believe it or not. I design them. They print them. It gives me a great opportunity to witness to them, too. Amen. So, uh, but we use those out at the Derby. Pray for me. I'll be at the Indy next week uh, preaching out there. I don't know, probably 100,000 to 150,000 people uh, within... Two or three hours, every two or three hours, that many people would be going by us. So, again, thank you for the opportunity, Pastor Muncie, to be here. Psalm 33, uh, Psalm 33, the Bible says in verse 4, For the word of the Lord is right. Amen? For the word of the Lord is right. Heavenly Father, we ask for your help today. I pray you'd help me, Lord. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've got a lot going through my mind. But, Lord God, I pray that you would use me tonight to be an encouragement to those here. Thank you for those that have taken time out of their uh, schedule and different things to, to come out to hear your word tonight. And just thank you for the blessing, uh, the, the pastor here and the, the ministry, and I know some of the people over the years. Just thank you, Lord God. But thank you most of all for the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. who, uh, Lord God, saved us by his blood. We thank you, Lord. We can boast this morning not about uh, what we've done or what our baptism did or what our church membership did, but we can boast about Christ, Lord God, and all the religion, junk, uh, religious junk going on in our world today that wants to boast about everything except Christ. Lord, I want to lift Christ up tonight, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray for clarity of thought and mind. I pray you'd help me uh, as we open your word. Encourage us, strengthen us, help us to come out of different people tonight, not because of Jim Lyman, Lord, but because of your word and the Holy Ghost of God dealing with us. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. I want to preach a message tonight uh, called the most obeyed verse in the Bible. Now, there's a sister. I don't know if she's here. Uh, but she, uh, she came up and she goes, well, I, I, how, is, is it this verse? And she brought up the scripture uh, that says, um, man likes to boast of his own goodness. Now, that'd be a good one. But that's not it. And she brought up another one, and uh, that was a blessing. Hey, at least she thought about it, amen? I, had, I, I was probably rude. I didn't want to sound that way. One gentleman came by, and, uh, and as we were leaving, as he was leaving today, and he said, can I, can I at least get a hint about what this is about? I said, no. 
Just sorry. And then one, one young man, I don't know who it was, if, you're, if you want to raise your hand, he, was, he came up and he goes, how about be fruitful and multiply? <laughs> uh, uh, I wonder if it's from the family with eight children. No, I'm just teasing, amen. You know, ha- hallelujah, amen. In a day where everybody today wants 1.3 children, I think it's a blessing. We had six, uh, the Lord gave us. So, But none of those are the right answer. But I got to admit, they, they all made me smile and appreciated that. So I want to look at the most obeyed verse in the Bible. But before that, I want to look at what we know is not. Some verses that are not the most obeyed verses in the Bible. If you would, look with me at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. God desires that his people obey his word. Amen. You don't sound very convinced. God desires that his people, amen, uh, obey his word, amen. And so uh, we live in a day and an age today where we treat uh, the Bible, unfortunately, like it's, uh, you know, if you want to and all that stuff. Uh, but God desires to save people. Now, if somebody's lost, don't expect them to live by the Bible. They're not going to. I mean, we've been saved. I've been saved. I'm an old man. I've been saved 40 years. And I still have a hard time with some things, amen. Uh, believe it or not, don't, don't. Throw anything at me, amen? But, you know, we expect the lost people to live like saved people sometimes. But I want to look at some things that, uh, that are in this Bible that we know are not the most obeyed verse in the Bible, amen? So First Peter uh, chapter 1, the Bible tells us in verse uh, 15, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, I've been around enough churches, enough, uh, God was good on the road, 50, 60 churches a year, not a big name, don't want to be, don't care about that stuff. Uh, but I've been around enough churches, enough believers to know that that's not the most obeyed verse in the Bible. Listen, modern Christianity, uh, unfortunately, including a lot of the independent Baptist circles I've seen, it seems to be the attitude of, well, uh, you know, let, let, let's be holy to a point, Uh, Let's not go too far about this or take an extreme that way. And I understand there are extremes that are not biblical. But at the same thing, it doesn't take a long time to realize that this is not the most obeyed verse in the Bible. Amen? Uh, Look with me, if you would, at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Everybody with me? If I go too fast... Let me know, and I'll probably not change anyways, but I'll at least keep it in mind for later. My wife always used to say, you go too fast, you go too fast. But uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. So who really wants to hear the answer tonight? With the most, You know what I ought to do is not even mention it, just preach on something else, amen? But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Pray without ceasing. That's definitely not the most obeyed verse in the Bible. It's easy to, I've had times in my life where I've prayed and and it was like the the Lord was right next to me and it was so real to me. Uh, People, when I first got saved, they'd invite us over to dinner and and they'd say, thank the Lord for the food. And by the time I got done, it was all cold. Amen. Because I, I, it was so real. I was a sinner. Then Christ saved me and changed me. And I wanted to talk to him. And then I get times in my Christian life where it's a minute at the end of the day. Oh, but you're a preacher. <laughs> Let's be real tonight. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Some of my greatest times are praying or laying in bed or driving down the road. You know, I just got to make sure I'm paying attention. Amen. My wife would say when she did the dishes and, 
you know, things like that. But we know that's not the most obeyed verse in the Bible, do we not? Amen? Uh, look at uh, Philippians chapter 3. Last thing we'll look at in regards to this, and yes, I will give you the answer in a few minutes. But Philippians chapter um, 3, I'm sorry, chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. And this is one I have really gotten close to since my wife went to be with the Lord. Uh, I'll, I'll say one thing about that. It's easy to talk about trusting the Lord regardless of what happens. But when things are thrown at you that you never in your wildest nightmares imagined, and you know you're still supposed to trust the Lord, talk about a test. That's real Christianity. And, and, and I'm not always past it, so don't, don't take that what I said the wrong way. I overall trust the Lord, but sometimes it's difficult in going through what I went through. Other people with health problems, sometimes it can be difficult. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, here's another one. It says, be careful for nothing. And then it says, but in everything, not most things, not what we'd like, not just a few things, not what's convenient. It says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So the idea of be careful for nothing, not, not being anxious, not being worried, not being, that's certainly not the most obeyed verse in the Bible. And it's probably worse with men than it is for, with ladies, it seems like. And so we've looked at just a, a couple of things tonight to share with you what we know is not the most obeyed verse in the Bible. Amen? So with, turn with me, if you would, with bated breath, if you would look at uh, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And again, keep in mind, I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, I'm not here to discourage. I'm not here to beat you over the head. Not here to. Uh, a friend of mine online said something the other day. He's a missionary uh, overseas, and he said this. He said, "If you've got to to pressure people into making a decision, you're better off not even trying." And as I've preached around America, and I've been in churches and done classes on how to evangelize, and let's do this for two weeks, then we'll go out, and you find that. It helps for a while, but then after three or four weeks, everybody stops evangelizing. And so I do not in any way want Jim Lyman to pressure me. The one prayer I have tonight is that the Lord is the one who moves us tonight. And I mean that. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, look at verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, now here's your most obeyed verse in the Bible, see thou tell no man. Now I know here it's not salvation, it's somebody who's getting a physical healing, and for his intent and purposes, the Lord said, don't tell everybody. So, and you read in the other passages, it was not his time to be exposed as who he was at that point to that extent. But what I want to share with you tonight, what I want to encourage you about tonight, is the idea that most of God's people obey this verse more than they realize Jesus Christ saved us. Listen, if you're in this room tonight, you've been saved, washed in the blood, you're not going to hell, but you're going to heaven. you got a God that hears your prayers. And you know what? We tend to close our mouths and we obey this verse and we don't tell anybody, it seems like. There you go. 
I can't tell you how many churches have said, Brother Lyman, come in and we want you to, to uh, go out and door knock with us for a week. And I had my, all my kids, you know, with me back then, six kids, and, and I called them a track team, you know. Uh, not, not, uh, you know, not track like running, but tracks, you know. And we'd door knock and this and that. And, and then you go to other churches and it's every Tuesday night. And I'm all for that. Most churches don't do anything anymore. Right. It's a blessing to see uh, the street preaching going on. The open air preaching here. Amen. But what got me was these, I was sitting in a car one time and somebody said, oh, I love the Tuesday night soul winning. I said, okay, let me ask you a question. How many people did you witness to Monday? How many Sunday? Amen. How many Saturday? And so forth. Are we doing it because it's routine? Are we doing it because it's expected? I want to encourage you tonight... Do you obey this verse? That was for then. Now we have preached the gospel to every creature. Amen? Now we have 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Now we have, go with me if you would, uh, Brother Muncie was uh, very close to this uh, earlier. Uh, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we have commands now to, to preach the word of God. Now, different people, I happen to have the gift of, of evangelism. That's probably about the only one I've got. Amen? Uh, I can't do a whole lot. I can't build anything. I can't, you know, do electronics. I can't do construction. I did build my kids. A, when they were younger, I built them a, uh, a bed, uh, like a bunk bed, and it ended up where it was so crooked, they were like falling off, so I had to give up. I'm not good at uh, but you know what? It's, it, there are some people here that have the gift of evangelism. Amen? And yet, even if you do not have that gift, the Lord desires that you tell people about Christ. Yeah. Right. Amen? So I want to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it says this. It says, verse uh, 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. What a blessing. Right. Amen? Amen. Amen. And hath given to us... Right. Who's that written to? Anybody tell me? That's us. Us. Amen. That's right, brother. God's given it to us. Not the preacher, not the pastor, not the Sunday school teacher, uh, not the street preacher, brother Jim, who goes out and some of these others. To us, if we are saved, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What in the world is that? Tells us right here. Everybody hear me okay? A little quieter tonight. Sorry, scratchy throat. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look what it says here. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. You have the world over here, Christ over here, and that's the ministry of reconciliation. Go to this world and teach them Jesus Christ, that he died for them. Amen. Amen. It says in... uh, Verse 19, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. It's the second time it's committed unto us. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, male or female, young or old, 10 years old or 61 or 75. Right. Housewife, single, it doesn't matter. Amen? And one of my favorite... Uh, Passages, verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
So we're going to look at a few things tonight, and I just want you to challenge, and I want you to ask yourself. And I'm just, again, I'm going to do something a little bit different tonight. I, I do some unusual things, and I got, I got liberty with Brother Muncie, and I appreciate that. But I want to ask you to ask yourself, number one, are you serious about your walk with God? And are you serious about the people you know that are lost? I'm not asking daddy. You're old enough. Sorry, you don't call him daddy. Dad, sir, father. But I'm asking you. In the back, sir, your wife. I know it's not the Baptist thing to do, but I'm going to be personal. Because we can go to church. We can play the game. We can even say, hey, I love God. I want to be there. I'm going to be in prayer meeting. But how much do we care about the lost? How much do you care? You know what I get tired of? Oh, Brother Lyman, you do the Indy, you do the Derby, you do this. Wow, you must do it. You know what? I make myself sick. Because of the people I don't talk to. I was talking to a good brother the other day. And, uh, I, I, and I said this to one of the gentlemen today. Um, I don't remember your name, I'm sorry. Warren, I think it was you I talked to. I said, I really believe a lot of God's people God can't even use anymore. I, I, I relate a little bit of this to Warren. I was talking to a brother about this. Because here's how it works. Not only do we have a responsibility, but with the Holy Ghost of God in us, the Holy Ghost of God can lead us or prompt us to talk to somebody about Christ, right? You know, a lot of the believers I know, they don't, they're not going to respond. I've had them tell me that. You ever been to a, a, a Walmart? Sorry, ladies. <laughs> they were about ready to shout and get Pentecostal on me, amen? You ever been to a Walmart and the Spirit of God says, you better, I want you to talk to this cashier. I want you, to, I want you to, to witness to this person doing your car, gentlemen. You ever felt the Spirit? But I really honestly believe that a lot of people that are God's people saved, God can't even use the way he could because they get a prompting and they put it off the other day I was going to go street preaching in uh, I don't remember where I was at um, Florence Kentucky and I got I'm thinking man my schedule's so busy I got a lot to do I got errands to run I'm not going to do that today and the Lord worked it out. I believe that was the Lord's will. Yes, I actually believe, Brother Jim, believe it or not, it was the Lord's will for me to not street preach that day. Because I got to witness to nine or ten people by the prompting and leading of the Spirit of God as I went about running my errands. And some of those came out to my car. I gave them some of my signs. There were two of them were, at least two were brothers in the Lord. And just giving them a gospel track. Not, not a 20-minute you know, dissertation for each of them. But hey, and, and I do this, and I know some people may think it's weird. I don't, but I'll say this. I'll say, uh, I, got, I got my tracks that I print, and I'll say, can I give you something about the Lord? My wife went to be with the Lord. I'll tell them, whatever certain amount of months ago. Today it's 11 months and three days. I'll say, I'd like you to read this because she is with Jesus Christ right now. Where would you be if you died today? And the Lord allowed me to witness to nine or ten people. So it was, it was a blessing. So I want to look at some things about 
why we don't obey, or why we do obey that verse. I want to present some challenges to you tonight. Brother Muncy said I had till 8 o'clock, so don't worry. Amen? He, he didn't, and I'm going to stick by what he said. And brother, if, I go, if, I, if you think I'm going too long, just, just cough real loud. I'll try to stick with, about what, you know, with what we said, because you're the preacher, I'm not. But I want to look at some things. Look with me, if you would, at Ephesians chapter 5. What, present, what prevents you from being used of God to witness to the lost, to tell people about Christ? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Look at verse uh, 15. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, that means wisely, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I remember the days where I was lost, amen? I remember the bar room, and I remember the, uh, the garbage, and I remember all the, uh, the, the going to places that God took me out of after I got saved. But you know what? It didn't bother me when I got home at 3 o'clock in the morning from the bar room, amen? Because when the bar closed at noon, I was looking for a party after that or a bar that was open later. It didn't, a lot of things didn't bother me. You know what God says here? He says we need to redeem the time. Listen, and if the days were evil back then, they're evil now, amen? And we need to give God more of that time than we used to give the devil and the sin we were partaking in. But you know what? We're too busy. There's too many things to do. There's too many videos to watch. There's too many things on TV. There's too many cell phones to play around with. Uh, there's too many conversations to have with other people. There's too many. Uh, I thought of this because I talked to one of the brothers told me they played soccer. And I, and I thought, I'm gonna, I already had this written down. I'm not trying to offend them. Too many soccer games, too many things to do, too many sporting events, too many uh, football games to watch. We got the media. Some people are workaholics, amen. And I praise the Lord for a man who will work. But at the same point, we're too busy. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Oh, uh, you know, I should tell there'll be people in this room, I almost guarantee tonight, that the Lord's going to deal with them about this. They're going to see their neighbor. Realize they haven't witnessed to him. I got to get in. I got work tomorrow. Got a baby to take care of. Got stuff to do. I'll witness to him later. They might drop dead tomorrow. Next thing, look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Everybody with me? Nobody's thrown anything yet. I guess I'm doing okay. Was that a questionable look, Jim? Like you were thinking about it? Amen. All right. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I believe Demas was a saved man. But do you realize that he forsook God and forsook God's man? And the reason why is he loved this present world. There's a lot of, listen, this world, there's, there's a lot of stuff to love. I'm just being upfront with you. You have things that may, like uh, watching football doesn't phase me a bit. I have no real interest in it. Boxing, I used to do when I was a kid. That might draw me away. One of my things is movies. That Before I got saved, that was my life. And it's easy to get turned back in, and lured into the world, whatever it may be for you, and it may be different than it is for me. But you better be careful because as much as you get involved in the world and you start loving the world and you start focusing on the world and you start wanting to, to, to get your thoughts and your mind and your money and your actions around the world, well, pretty soon the lost won't mean anything to you. Am I right? 
trying to encourage you tonight. Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Most of us know this passage. I could do a whole message on Psalm 51. Don't worry, I'm not going to do it tonight. Amen. (laughs) But I want you to think about something else that will prevent us from caring about the lost enough to witness to them. It will prevent us from witnessing to them, evangelizing them. And that's sin. You know, it's sad that in our Baptist circles, people can fall into sin. And by the way, if you're saved, you still can. But you know what? We're the only ones that kick each other while they're down. The Bible says, Galatians 6, 1, to restore such an one. That should be our goal. But then that would stop our self-righteousness because he did something I didn't do. Or she did something and fell into this. And I'm, I'm not condoning sin. But you look at David, look at verse 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. This is all showing you what he did not have because of his sin. Sin will destroy you. I'll let you read the rest of the passage later. But sin will mess you up. And the last thing you want to do is care about somebody who's lost enough to tell them about Christ. Not only that, but it's a a little contradictory. Somebody caught up in sin. Are they really going to be able to tell somebody about Christ? I want to challenge you. Listen, there's, there's, I'm convinced that there are things that go on in the lives of independent Baptist men and women. And I'm not trying, I'm not being unrighteously judgmental. But I think there are a lot of things that go on in our lives, in our mind, in our actions that would be labeled sin and even gross sin. And we wonder why God's not using us. We wonder why the Spirit of God is not filling us. Sin will mess you up. What's that old song? Sin will take you farther. Amen? And so I just want to encourage you that sin is part of the reason that we don't evangelize the way we should. Look with me if you would. I've got 17 more points. Amen? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Smile. It's okay. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and look at verse 12. Is, is not the name of Jesus Christ worth lifting up? Amen? Is it really, though? Is it, we, we can say amen, and I'm not chastising or criticizing what he did, but is it really worth lifting up? We live in a society where everything else is lifted up. Sin is rampant. I'm sorry, a a man going into a woman's bathroom, it's wrong. When that very first started to happen, Target really pushed it. And you're going to think I'm a lunatic. You may, you know, I went into three Target stores inside and I preached. Why are you letting men into women's restrooms? What did they do? They gave me a paycheck. No, they didn't. They walked me out. (laughs) And I obeyed, complied, and I walked out. But we don't have any sense of passion about what's wrong. We don't have any sense of passion about speaking the name of Christ. Muhammad didn't save me. Mary didn't pay for my sin. Jesus Christ did. And we are so intimidated by others, by society, by everybody who's got a cell phone and can take a video to put it on YouTube, that we don't open our mouth about Christ. 
And therefore we obey, Matthew chapter 8, verse 4. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 12. It says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And I used to think years ago it was the, it was the young people that, that were intimidated by their peers, even around Christian kids. Oh, I better not, you know, uh, they're doing this. I know it's wrong. I won't say anything. Uh, I, I better not name the name of Christ here because they'll think I'm a radical. But you know what I've seen? Brother, it's just as bad with the adults. We are worried about what, I, I told one of, the, one of the young men today, I said, watch, watch a, somebody you know who's a Christian going to a McDonald's and eat and pray. And by the way, you ought to pray if you go to McDonald's. But, but, you, but, but watch them. If they don't know you're there, I've seen, there's some that'll look around, make sure nobody, they want to thank God for the fruit. They want to make sure nobody's watching. Why are we ashamed of Christ? Why are we ashamed to say that, God, we thank you for our food? Why are we ashamed so much? I was at a Walmart uh, years ago, and I may have shared this before. I got a thousand stories to share, and I forget. But I was at a Walmart waiting in line. There was a guy with uh, pants on, white painter pants. And he had about the worst cuss word you could imagine written on them about 30 or 40 times different sizes. And it's typical Walmart. There's eight, nine people in line. And so I'm, that never changes. That's not dispensational. That's always the same. And so, smile. And, uh, and, and I'm appalled. This is like 30 years ago. And nobody says anything. And so finally I said, sir, I said, why would you wear a pair of pants like that when there's women and children walking around here and they can read those pants that you're wearing? And I wasn't rude. I wasn't mean. It, the interesting thing is I had a couple of people afterwards say, I'm so glad you said something. You know what came through my mind first? Why didn't you? Well, there's a, we expect that out of Pastor Muncie. He's been a preacher, you know, for 100 years or something, you know? Smile, amen. He already gave me the offering, so I'm safe. But, but you know what I'm saying? We expect it out of the pastor or the preacher. But part of the reason that America's in the condition it is is that God's people don't say anything about what sin is and we don't speak up about what's wrong and we don't proclaim and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're too intimidated, too worried about what other people think. I challenge you, beg you, and plead with you to allow the Spirit of God to work in your life. Look at me, if you would, at uh, uh, due to time. Let me look at just a few more passages. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm, I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not, I, I don't put this in some journal. I don't advertise it with sword of the Lord. <laughs> But I heard that, brother. But I, I'm going to make a statement here. A lot of churches I'm in, I couldn't say what I'm about to say. He's getting scared now. If you can honestly, if the majority of this local church can walk away after a message like this, and I'm not because of me, because of the Word of God, if we can walk away and not make a decision for Christ 
to speak more about him, to tell others more about the salvation he has given you, then there's a problem. After about a year and a half on the street, I was in a church in Virginia, uh, on the, going to churches. We were full-time, and I was at a church in Virginia, Independent Baptist, King James, I don't know, 100 people, something like that. And, um, and I preached, and the Lord, the, the Lord worked. But it was so robotic. And I'm not picking. People came up. They got their, their tissues, their Kleenex. They, they prayed. They went to the altar. They went home. And it, we had seen enough to realize this was being routine. And my wife sat down on those steps with me, and she, she looked at me, and she said, do God's people even care anymore? They go through their routine. So I asked you a few minutes ago to ask the Lord about you talking to people about Christ, not the person next to you. First Corinthians 15, 34, three verses we're going to look at and we'll be done. It says this in 34, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. You realize what he's saying the sin is there? Some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. It is about not a program, and I'm all for door knocking. I'm all for open air preaching. You know what it's about more than anything else? Being filled with the Holy Ghost of God and allowing the Spirit of God to lead you to talk to whoever he leads you to. And I guarantee you, once that starts, it's hardly ever going to stop. And it'll end up being more real and genuine. Look with me, if you would, at um, Ephesians 6. Two verses there and we're done. Ephesians 6. And by the way, if the, the answer for boldness is the Holy Ghost. I may, may have mentioned it last time. The, the first person, my wife, shy and quiet. My dad made goulash. She's 17 years old. And great meal. My, invite my, who is going to be my wife eventually over. She didn't take one bite and didn't say one word. Just shy. Just like probably a lot of the women in here. Amen? Smile. Second time, same thing. Makes something, comes over. She talks a little bit, eats a little bit. Third time, I used to tease her and say, you ate a lot and you wouldn't shut up. <laughs> but I'm, I'm joking. First time she ever gave a track to anybody. It, we were in a mall in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. A guy ripped it up, raised his voice and said, leave me alone or something along that line. She was scared to death. A few years later, she'd be at these events and by God's grace, because of the Spirit of God, she would be able to deal with 40 people that hated what she was saying. And I'd even have to calm her down a couple times, say, you're not supposed to be preaching now, wife. You want boldness? Holy Spirit of God. Read the book of Acts. Two verses, and we're done. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter, I'm sorry, it's chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse 15. Uh, part of the armor of God and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm telling you, it has a way of protecting you. I like wearing those Jesus Save shirts and all that stuff. You know what? I'm not going to, for my whole life, you don't have to worry about some woman coming trying to flirt with you because they think you're a radical, a fanatic. Amen? By the way, that didn't happen a lot. Amen? But look at verse 19. Amen? And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly. To make known the mystery of the gospel. 
I'm asking the Lord to do a work in our life tonight. That we would allow the Spirit of God to fill us. That we, but it's, it's not going to happen unless we're serious about it. So I'm asking you to be serious about your walk with the Lord. And if your friends don't come up, if your parents don't come up, if your wife doesn't come up, if your husband doesn't come up, if your kids don't, if, if you want to be serious with God, then I'm asking you to come tonight and say, God, please, please fill me with your spirit and allow me to be the witness I ought to be. Amen.